folks, and welcome to the Inclusive Activism Podcast. I have a rare uh, and special rare guest. Uh, Martin X. Hinson is joining me. Uh, he's a community organizer, activist, and speaker, as well as executive director of the B-Men Project. Uh, but I don't want to put too many words in Martin's mouth. I always appreciate the opportunity for someone to get to really introduce themselves to the audience. Uh, with that, uh, Martin, would you care to introduce yourself to the Inclusive Activism audience? Hey, how y'all doing? My name is Martin Henson, pronouns he, him. Uh, shout out for saying the X. Nobody says the X. I um, looked you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'm a, the executive director of B-Men Foundation, an organization for black men responding to the needs of black men. Uh, and, you know, I'm just really enjoying the work that I'm doing. And I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. So um, I'm kind of curious as to your journey, like what what kind of led you and called you to kind of be in this space? Because uh, personally, I also uh, I'm mixed race native myself, but I've noticed there's a big problem within masculinity and maleness. Uh, like, um, you know, folks, I don't think understand what patriarchy does to everybody mm-hmm. uh, and really like unpacking that and what that does, I think is important. But I'm curious to hear what was your journey to this and what are you trying to do in this area? I, my journey's been long. It's it's been intense. It's been complicated. There's there's not a lot of affirming presentations of black men, and I, I just really was struggling with that. And I really was struggling with that even in progressive spaces. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it seems like these men are kind of working to conquer their inner demon, which is their masculine side. And you know, it's kind of like the you know, if you imagine the Hulk, and he's he has this thing, he's trying to, that's how men are, are projected in for black men. That happens even more so because there's racialized component of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've just, we're seeing that and I want to be a part of creating a new vision for what, or not even new vision, but a more humanized vision of what black men are and how we exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was really drawn into just the fullness of, of black men male's humanity because of my story I, I lost my dad when I was young and I was surrounded by men yeah. uh, that that was just a calling point to me and it's always been a calling point to want to make sure that men are here and they're, they're valued and they're celebrated uh, the moment that that bubbled into be men was was after actually me too uh, uh, so it was just surprising because I was doing a lot of activism but I, I wouldn't say that be men is a product of of the Black Lives Matter movement or police brutality movement. It, it, but it came from like a different space, but um, still affirms men in ways that we, we need. And I, yeah, I saw that there was there was not a lot of conversation from men about these issues. And then I realized that men had stories relating to these issues. And I was like, oh, men need their own space. Black men specifically need a space to like be seen and be valued by each other. Yeah. And that's... That's what became B-Men. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more uh, if you're, you know, with what you're willing to share, kind of like what happens in those spaces. Uh, And part of the reason why I ask is my own work with men, I haven't done work with like Native men specifically, but I've done kind of work with like all men. 
Uh, and it's amazing when you can get men in a space where they're open, where they feel safe enough to be vulnerable, where they can really talk about the, the pressure or how often like men hurt men. Um, you know, I've done some activities where we kind of like get in circles and someone goes in the middle and they kind of talk about like how they've been hurt or traumatized. Uh, and then everybody kind of, all the men come around and just put hands on the person to mm. just be there and support. And like, it is so healing. It's just, it's an activity I learned from one of my friends called Calvin Terrell. Mm -hmm. And he calls it the brotherhood, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's super affirming. And we've even done it with some trans men, which mm -hmm. uh, has been really like neat and amazing. But uh, given that I'm interested in this work, mm -hmm. learning about what you do and how you do it and kind of what comes from that, uh, I think would not only be of interest, personal interest to me, but also mm -hmm. to anyone else that's looking to make, because <laughs> you're never going to be man enough anyway. So let's mm -hmm. just embrace humanity, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, shout out to that. I might have to link with you in, in, in a more extensive way because you mentioned circles. That's a lot of our format. It was yeah. sitting in a circle. And my, my day job is is teaching restorative justice. And we're learning. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching people a circle process that we learn from Native folks. So it's a whole process. I'm feeling the full circle vibes happening right now. Yeah. Um, but that, that way of sitting with folks and affirming them is so powerful. So what we do in B-Men the, the support spaces that we do once a month. We have men come together. When we didn't have COVID, it'd be physically, we'd be sitting in a circle mm -hmm. and we would uh, introduce the topic after everybody introduced themselves and said kind of who they were passing mm -hmm. around or introduce the topic that everybody shares on. So what we do now is the the prompt uh, most of the time is, hey, what is, what have you been processing or what have you been sitting with uh, during this month? <laughs> men are able to bring whatever that thing is and people are able to comment and we just keep passing it around to the circle everybody gets a chance to speak everybody gets a chance to listen and at the end we offer affirmations to ourselves and somebody else in the group yeah. uh, so that's I mean that's life giving uh, I, I think a lot of the harms of the system and the space that we, we exist in comes from just not being seen, being refused to be seen, being seen as something other than what you are. Yeah. Uh, so when we do this and we do it in an inclusive way, which is how I open the space and be men is, you know, space for, you know, all black men come together, uh, straight, queer, trans, mm -hmm. um, that, that little sentence just, it just does so much because it, it it's not even, it's not always about the, the, the sexual orientation piece of it. It's about, the the relationship to masculinity sometimes and vulnerability yeah. um, uh, and including that too and it's just it's so complex but just opening that field up i feel like just lets me hey come here however you are yeah you know yeah. <laughs> whatever's happening for you uh it's cool you know and we can listen and hear you and we can share and, and so that's what it's like that's that's what we do Good. Yeah, um, the same friend that I was talking to that kind of taught me that activity, uh, he kind of talks about how um, white supremacy needs to stand on anti-blackness as well as anti-indigeneity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out the anti-indigeneity piece, but it, it's nice because, um, you know, I've got pretty solid relations with the black community. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not in charge of when people call me family, right? That's always mm -hmm. up to the folks that I'm connecting with. 
But one of the things that's always like really struck me in the time that I've spent in uh, black spaces is, you know, the black experience in America means, you know, you don't have connection or context to your original indigenous heritage. Yeah. When you were people of the land of, you know, wherever, right? Like that whole deep connection to earth was robbed of you. Um, but the thing that's always been incredible and something, I mean, it, it, it's a survival technique that comes from a lot of trauma. So I don't want to act like it's, you know, I mean, it is amazing, but it's also, it comes at the cost of a lot of pain too. Like that experience of soul and only really truly owning soul mm-hmm. as an opportunity to, to get back to one sense of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see that like kind of working or at like being in the spaces that you're at? Uh, it's deep. It's really deep uh, because like you said, we don't have those relationships, uh, that relationship to our history and culture in the way that we would like and people don't realize that how that impacts us yeah um, i remember one time being i can't remember if i was outside in the classroom or some activity where people talking about their their lineage and their family mm-hmm. people talking about their family crest right I'm, their mind was robbed from me you know and everybody gets awkward and gets weird but that's that's happened that's not the beginning of my story the, the black story but it is in there and it has impacted me in a, a significant way. Yeah. I, I do think one thing about this conversation that is that is so dope uh, between me and you specifically is that, and you might have seen this, that a lot of the data and the ways that black men and indigenous men are uh, oppressed, they, they are very similar. It's, it's black men, indigenous men, like one and yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel like that's talked about enough. Yeah, um, and that our cultures being in a lot of ways very different that we have these same things that we're struggling with because of the pressures of white supremacy yeah uh, i just wanted to name that because I, I just i'm just feeling that but that that uh experience of soul and, and spirit and connectedness and the value of intimacy is a big part of the things that i talk about man being together with each other yeah. and in that deep closeness where you're you're connecting and you're not fearful of that Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have to do to, to, the, the homophobia that has come with it and the need to be strong that's come from the system. Like we can work through all of that and, and really be more full as people yeah. uh, and just have a, a connection that's just a bit more deep than something than just touching somebody on the arm. Because sure. when we before COVID, when we did affirmations, we would put our hands on each other's shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and when we when we were in it was just something different. It's something yeah. different oh, yeah. playing. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that's that's what I, I think about. Yeah, man, there's a real dearth of affirming male touch that's non sexual, but just affirming, right? Like you are and you and I respect you. Um it's one of the things I you know, owning the piece of like what we need to do in my community, like I'd love to see indigenous native people open up spaces a lot more just because like it's funny like especially in the southeast you know there was a lot of black folks that would like just run off and then like tribes would they'd come up upon tribes and you know just become one with that tribe we didn't worry about your racial or ethnic background like more than anything else was like you know hey we're the people of the land of wherever are you interested in being the people of the land of wherever Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think it's really interesting because like i'm sure the work that you're doing 
is finding ways and opportunities for folks to affirm both their, you know, all sexual orientation as well as gender orientation. Uh, what's nice is uh, the kinship of like what we have to offer. And and again, the thing that I want to own is like, we're just way too closed off. I really, really wish like native and indigenous communities could open our spaces up for, especially for black folks. And, and two, here in the Southwest, I'm situated in Arizona. We got to stop like acting like, you know, Mexican and Hispanic people. Like, yeah, I mean like, but really you're indigenous people of the land of wherever and Spanish, you know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. actually you're kind of more just further South indigenous people. Mm -hmm. um, but we all need to open that space up a little bit more just because like one, I know we as native people have a lot to learn from that whole soul experience because mm -hmm. it's true. I mean, you know, in 1619, they talk about it, right? Like that soul thing, like they want to steal the music. They want to steal like all parts of the struggle that created blackness, but they want to kill blackness at the same time. Um, but I really love to see like more intersectionality just because, you know, have you heard of, I mean, I'm not assuming you don't know, but it's always better to ask. Uh, mm -hmm. Two-spiritedness, mm -hmm. like having more than one gender and more than like much more fluid forms of sexuality. Like we had those things. I know in uh, Navajo Diné culture, there's like six genders in that tribe specifically. Mm -hmm. um, how do you uh, how do you see like folks like coming into being with that in the places that you are? And uh, what is that like? I mean, you know, I mean, I do this work because I'm always learning something. And mm -hmm. you can say I'm helping or healing or whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm helping and healing me too, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that's my drive, right? Is mm -hmm. can I create spaces where people are comfortable in healing themselves? But when I watch someone heal themselves, oh, it does so much good for me. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, with that, I'd be curious to hear about like, what do you think that in the spaces and places that you spend time together, how do you think that affirms not only the folks with the marginalized identity, but I find spending time with uh, LGBT spectrum folks makes me much more of a whole human. I mean, I happen to be cisgender, I happen to be hetero. Uh, I happen to be more comfortable with like projecting more traditional forms of masculinity, but I'm attempting mm -hmm. to reject the, the negative, hurtful, whatever parts of things. Uh, but I'm curious to hear, what does that look like and feel in the spaces you've been? It's been, it's been different. It's been different. And what I, and what makes it different is because when cultures who have been colonized mm -hmm. engage with each other, it's often through the medium of whiteness. Yeah. And you get some like stripped down version of what's happening over there. Right. And and like unless we're directly talking to each other, it's it's so hard to have genuine thing. So I remember when, for example, when I first started to hear about uh, uh, two-spirited and things that just expanded gender uh, constructions, I think it was very much through the lens of a Western conceptualization. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes people would really shrink the uh, Native uh, and Indigenous relationship to those concepts to present themselves as progressive in yep. relation to it. And I'm like, oh, you're telling me about this, but you don't actually know a lot about it. <laughs> You've heard of it. <laughs> You've heard of it, you know? So I was like, well, this is this feels like, 
this doesn't feel like how somebody from that space would talk about it. That's that's how I would would engage it. Um, and I and it was almost it's like people would not bring in folks with that reality to the space to share the narrative. It was just kind of a, a, a kind of like a, a a poor man's version of what they thought it was. Not even like poor man's. It's like so I, I think that cross cultural collaboration. I wish it was because I'm in a, I'm in Boston. It's super yeah. progressive. It's a blue. Uh, a blue state and everybody is what they call the liberal coastal elite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wish that cultures could connect in ways that we're not trying to prove how knowledgeable they were or how caring they are or, or, you, know, or you know, how progressive they are. And he's like, hey, let's, I just want to know more about what, how you all exist. Yeah. Because even the concept of gender as it as we think about it is very western yeah. the, the packaging of the body existing relating to these behaviors that this sort of body does and, yeah. and i think people what i've seen is people struggle with the idea that maybe that group of folks do, do not conceptualize it like that maybe we just took parts of it that relate to the way we think yeah, and we try to like walk with that, and it's not quite what it would be. Yeah. Um, because if, if we can get out of being so like um, culturally encapsulated and, yeah. and eat with people and break bread with them, and, and to see how they live without trying to be like, this is what I call my thing. Yeah, and just being and just in it. Yeah, um, that's what that's the that's what comes to mind when I think about about all of this. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because like I think like the good and bad of English is like it's super noun based and it's very static in the way it presents like mm-hmm. most indigenous languages are more verb based it's like 70% verbs versus like mm-hmm. 70% nouns so it recognizes that things are in flux or always moving but what I like about English is we can always just throw in new words and make new words and like break realities and create realities um, by understanding things as much as we can. But you're right. It's very hard because until you're really immersed in those spaces, like you just don't see or understand it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's hard because like, I know um, from my own standpoint, I've had to go in native spaces because native people can get a little touchy about the whole black lives matter. Mm. Just with the statistically knowing like native people are shot more often, but I'm like, look, it's not an either or thing. Like, you know, like the second Black Lives Matter, I don't know that we're going to be in a space where we got to worry about stuff because like black is so much more visible, um, Mm. like than nativeness, you know, like, especially if you're in spaces where there's not like tribal communities in those places and spaces too. But you're right, like that need to really be immersed, I think creates a lot of opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things uh, like I was wanting to kind of talk to you about, because when I was doing that brotherhood activity, uh, when I had an opportunity to do it with a person who was trans that went in, mm-hmm. it was amazing because I was like, here is a man that hasn't been socialized harshly into masculinity. And I was like, this is the opportunity that's possible for all men Mm -hmm. Um, and this poor human is going to have to go through this as they transition. Right. So it was like a shock of like, oh my gosh, we could be whole in some ways than this person is that that never has been experienced and they're going to have to experience the trial 
of like of becoming a man in today's mm -hmm. society, which is never done and just always really hurtful and difficult. Um, I'm curious to like, uh, as far as you and your background, like, have you had any ahas or like any like moments of like breakthrough or understanding? Not that I've heard you disclose where you're at and some of the same things I've talked about too. Yeah, many, many aha moments. I, I can, I give you one in relation to, to gender because um, I had my journey of understanding it uh, just like uh, a lot of people did. And, and I get so frustrated when people kind of, they make seem like they started where they are today. Like yeah. you just came out knowing all the pronouns. Right. You know, knowing all the, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just learning and thinking about it. And I think I came to this point where I was like, okay, there's a different experience here. And I don't have to overlay my experience and understandings on them to validate who they are, how they understand the world. And I actually, I can make them feel more safe and feel more human. And because I don't, if I'm saying, hey, being a black dude in certain ways is terrible. If somebody is transitioning into that, mm -hmm. I, I don't want you to have my experience. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I want to to be as welcoming and, and kind as I can be. Um, and then when I'm talking to, to other men who are, who are still in the journey of kind of understanding it, I don't expect them to be advanced from immediately from a paragraph, from a, a conversation, from a, just a, it doesn't, I don't expect that. What I expect is that I can move you a little bit in a direction that you weren't before. Yeah. Uh, just like I had to move a little bit, yeah, and and I and and I continue to move, yeah, and but that little bit matters, yeah, because you don't know what, how it shows up when you're not around. So that's you know, I just yeah, I just want everybody to feel feel validated and feel human. At some point, when I realized that, because I went through the process of the of understanding pronouns and, and transition, I was like, you know what. If somebody come in a room, if I go in a room, I tell them my name is Martin, and they're like, "Hey, I want to call you Jeb." Yeah. I'm gonna be like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> right. I told you my name is Martin. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it's it's just that simple, you know. Yeah. You tell yeah. me how you want to be referred to, period. So, and, and if you want to do any other learning or thought around that, you can do it on your own time. But just the baseline, validating who people are how they come into the world. That's what I leaned into. And I, and that, that was maybe an aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think the funny thing is like, yes, at first, and I had the same experience too. At first you're like, what, huh? And I don't understand. Like that's the experience. Right. But man, somebody was so patient with us once, you know, and it's so funny because I see everyone hitting each other over the head with, you should know better. You should be doing better. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was somebody that really took a lot of time with me, let me ask some really stupid and offensive questions, mm -hmm. but then unpacked it with me so I can understand and do better. Mm -hmm. I really would love to see more opportunities for what you're saying because I'm not seeing that as much as I'd like to. See, that's that's where the my uh, B-Man's work with the bridging the gap stuff that we do uh, comes into play because I felt like so we have, B-Man has a Bridging the Gap program, bringing black straight men together with trans women of color. Uh, and that came from me just having a friend 
uh, or somebody I knew, and we eventually became friends, uh, that was a, a trans woman. I was like, hey, I just hear these these narratives come up around black men's relationship to trans women. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And we, like, maybe we can do something where we can all kind of yeah. figure this out in a way that's affirming and doesn't stereotype anybody in it and just say, hey, we want to come together to decrease the stigma. You yeah. know, I don't want you to have to worry about all of the things that come with men uh, being fearful of being out with trans women. And, and I'm not one to worry about being stigmatized as violent mm-hmm. uh, and dangerous to women. How about we just come together and talk about it? And, yeah. and then we just, then we have this thing, this series that we've been doing for so long. And, and that's been beautiful because I'm learning something every time we come together and talk. Yeah. And you, you get to you get to see how people glow when you see them. Yeah, like that's that's something special, and I, I like that. Yeah, good, good man. I'm really glad to hear it. So, um, with that, we had our wires crossed a little bit, and we were hoping to get together a little bit earlier today, have a little bit more space and time for conversation. But I'm also just so glad that we had an opportunity to connect because mm. uh, perhaps the opportunity is not this is the first conversation. Perhaps this is part one. Uh, and we can do a part two later. Uh, but I want to give you a space and opportunity for like any last words, final thoughts, way they can get a hold of you or help with the work that you're doing. Yeah, you can check out B-Men Foundation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're also at bmenfoundation.org. Um, if you want to follow some of the things that, that I talk about or whatever nonsense I'm rambling about on Twitter at the time, you can follow me. Yeah. At till we till we free on Twitter. I also talk about the work I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm really passionate about it. Uh, I'm out there. I would love to talk again. Uh, yeah. I, I really like just the beginning of this. I think there's there's so much more to discuss. Yeah. No. Well, and thank you for like being willing to find a time just because. I know you must have been waiting for me or looking for me. So even with the quashed irons, you know, I apologize for the the missed our lost time. Um, from all that stuff too but i really appreciate you being here and saying what you have to say so with that inclusive activism listeners thank you so much for your time and your attention and your ears i'm hoping uh martin x henson brought some like new thoughts or ideas or how you might approach or find ways to do some circles in your own area with your own folks with your own thing because it's really going to take all of us finding all these things out and then co-teaching co-educating co-helping one another and uh honestly deepest blessings to you martin like i know how big the need is uh, i mean i can't say I completely no but i have an concept of what that is and the fact that you're out there doing this work and creating that healing is a testament to you and the work that you do uh, and that being said if you if this podcast was helpful or wonderful for you or taught you something or you could share something uh that you heard here share the podcast like let people know get, have them get in touch with march and bring let's bring them out to the west coast have them say hi to folks like i'm sure uh martin would be more than happy to do some of those things but uh honestly we don't compete with this work because there's so much trauma how can we compete to get it all done it's utterly ridiculous you know i think like we're siblings in the work and trying mm-hmm. to get it done so i deeply honor and appreciate what you do and i thank you for being on the podcast 